Hello everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. Meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. This week we're continuing our series titled The Spiritual Struggle for the Renewal of the Church because we are in a spiritual struggle. We need to cooperate with the Father God who would prune out those branches, the attitudes, the ambitions and the actions that are counterproductive so that the church may bear much fruit. We're seeing that in our own church at the moment. Some people, some things have been pruned out. And today we're going to talk about Renew My Walk. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, you've been so generous to us. Help us to recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Help us to give ourselves to you as you have so freely given your riches to us. Today we come bringing our tithes and offerings that we may provide financial support for your work in this congregation and throughout the world. We pray your blessings on the volunteer teachers and carers in our Kenyan churches and orphanages, Lord. We pray your blessings on Father Francis, Pastor Francis, Lord, and the other ministers who give everything for the work that you have placed upon them. Bless these gifts, Lord, to honour you and glorify you and be used toward the salvation of the world. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. The text we're going to concentrate on today is Romans 12.2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And we're also going to look at 1 John 2, 6, which says, Whoever says he lives in Christ, in the Amplified Version it has in brackets, that is, whoever says he has accepted him as God and Saviour, ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. And the scriptures we'll work through are Romans 12, 1-2, and it talks about dedicated service. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove for yourselves that the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, in his plan and purpose for you. And then the verses in 1 John 2, 1 through to 6, let's read them all. It talks about Christ being our advocate. It says, My little children, believers, dear ones, I am writing to you these things so that you will not sin and violate God's law. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate who will intercede for us with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, the upright, the just one who conforms to the Father's will in every way, purpose, thought, and action. Verse 2. 
And he, that same Jesus, is the propitiation of our sins. The atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature, our worldliness, and our lifestyle. And not for ours alone, but also for the sins of all believers throughout the world. And this is how we know daily by experience that we have come to know him, to understand him and be more deeply acquainted with him. If we habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commands and teachings. Verse 4. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments, is a liar. And the truth of the divine word is not in him. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures, his message in its entirety, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. It is completed and has reached maturity. By this we know for certain that we are in him. Verse 6 says, Whoever says he lives in Christ ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. That's a lot of scripture, but it's powerful. The day of the church is not over. The church belongs to Christ. He is the head. The church is his body. The life of Christ is the life of the church, and that life can be renewed by him who is our life. The church must choose its direction, the world's plan or God's plan, the mold of the world or the mind of God. This is what renewal is, because when the church yields to God's plan, it is renewed spiritually. The prayer, renew my church, is a prayer to renew my walk. It is God's plan that the church be renewed in mind, ministry, faith, and walk into a life that is disciplined by Jesus Christ. A renewed walk involves a disciplined life. Notice two aspects of that walk. The first one is the what are the roots of the disciplined life? A disciplined life is a living sacrifice. The words living sacrifice describe the Christian life as a disciplined life in the daily walk. In the background is the sacrificial system of the temple. The word present is a technical term for presenting the Levitical offering. Such offerings require a priest, an altar, and a sacrificial animal. And today we're not required to offer an animal, but we are to present ourselves. We are priests to God. We have our altar, Jesus Christ, and our lives are the sacrifice. We present ourselves in death. That is, we die to ourselves. We die to our goals and our conformity to the world. Luke 29.23 speaks of taking up our cross daily. That means death to our sinful way of life. Have you built an altar in your life? Have you put yourself on it? Have you put all that you have on it? The disciplined life does just that. The disciplined life thinks soberly. Romans 12.3 says that we are to think soberly. The word sober is translated to self-controlled or disciplined. A disciplined mind so governs all passions and desires that the believer becomes conformed to the mind of Christ. We are to think disciplined thoughts. 
about ourselves and not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. We are not to be proud or self-absorbed, but sober and disciplined. We are to evidence a humble, surrendered attitude. The kind of life that God gives to a believer, it talks about in 2 Timothy 1.7. This is the kind of life that God gives. Let's read it. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. And the disciplined life is a yoked life. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Disciples are those who learn from another. They adhere to the person and the teachings of their teacher. Thus, disciples of Jesus are those who learn from Jesus. They adhere to his person and his teachings. They are yoked to Jesus. And a yoke is a symbol of submission. Therefore, a disciplined life is one of submissive authority to Jesus Christ. One of the biggest challenges for Christians these days is we don't want to be submissive. We won't submit ourselves to any authority, especially the authority of Jesus Christ. Three words are involved in this type of submission. First one's control. The disciplined life is under Christ's control. The disciplined person has a meek spirit. A disciplined life is broken by Christ's control. We've been broken. Jesus' life was perfectly disciplined. He always was under his Father's control. And as Jesus was to his Father, so are we to him. We are to be under his control constantly. Our will trained to his will. We must strive to be consistent, discipled and trained. Sometimes we snap at God and at others. We are disobedient to Christ's control. And our attitudes and activities are undisciplined. But the yoked life is one of Christ's control over us. The second one is consent. We become disciplined when we consent to being disciplined. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice by coming to Jesus as Matthew did in, or as it says in 11.28. It invites us, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. We take his yoke and learn more about him. No one forces us to do these things. If we are to walk as he walked, we must yield ourselves to him. The third thing is completeness. This word involves all of life under Christ's control. It is total discipline that he demands. How disciplined are we to be? The following scriptures can answer these questions. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. It talks about bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Matthew 4, 4 says that we must give account of every idle word. Luke 9, 23 says that we must take up our cross daily. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 commands, give thanks in all circumstances. So all of our life has to be under Christ's control. He is to be the centre of our goals. He should be our single focus. And then there's the fruits of the disciplined life. 
The roots of a disciplined life will be evidenced by the fruits of that life. You need to ask yourself a few questions. You know, how disciplined is your attitude towards yourself and God and others? Do you have love for the Lord and your neighbor? How disciplined are your words? Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my firm, immovable rock and my redeemer. And Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Wow. How disciplined are your morals? That's a challenging one for a lot of us. We are to seek the most thorough moral purity. How disciplined is your worship? Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with a song of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless and praise his name. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking our meeting together. As believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. How disciplined are you in the grace of giving? Is giving a grace that you experience or a task that you endure? Or something that you don't do at all? Jesus said in Luke 6.38, Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, with no space left for more. For the standard of measurement you use when you do good to others, it will be measured to you in your return. And how disciplined are you in your devotional life? There is no mastery in the Christian life apart from a disciplined devotional life of Bible reading and prayer. Jesus taught prayer as both public and private, silent and spoken, and seeking and waiting. Disciplined prayer is personal, it's honest, it's specific, and it's consistent. We are to read the Bible expectantly, submissively, and regularly. How disciplined are you in your ministry? God has given a ministry to every believer. This is both a privilege and a responsibility. To renew your walk may mean a change of masters and a change of direction. It will result in fulfillment instead of frustration. It will mean a life of rest in your soul. This is the prayer that the church needs to pray. Renew my church, Lord, and renew my walk. And I want to encourage you, as I do every week, to be diligent with your Bible study time. Because God has so much more for us than just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. And He can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body, if you will allow Him to. You're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.com refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels and until next time stay in the blessings